live like that. Before we get started, let's go to the Father in prayer, please. Father God, we just give this service to you, Lord, for it is your words being spoken. God, uh, we're all called to love shown the way God, but yet sometimes that love isn't shown the way it should be. God, prepare our hearts this morning for your word to be received so that we are able to go to, go to the world, wherever that may be, and just be the love that you are so that they see you. Amen. So it's really interesting. Uh, Dave asked me to preach, oh, I don't know, let's see, probably a week and a half ago. It's real interesting how the Lord works. He always works in times when you just least expect it. So that week, it was actually a pretty difficult week at work. And there were some things at home, and I was extremely frustrated. <laughs> My wife can attest. <laughs> so frustration, you know, happens, and irritation and anxiety and fear and all these different things happen. But yet in the middle of it, hey man, you want to preach this Sunday or this coming Sunday? Because I'm not going to be here. Sure, Dave, I'll preach. <laughs> I'm always up for that opportunity, even in the midst of it, because I don't want the Lord's word to go from, you know, uh, if he wants me to speak, I want to speak no matter what frustrations might be there, because he'll take care of that too. So live like that. that that's, that's the calling we have, is to be able to live as Jesus lived, to walk as Jesus walked, and to share the love that Jesus shared. Um, I want to start out, and I want to read John 21, 15 to 17. If you will, follow along. I'm reading from the Holman... Christian Standard Version, which is fairly parallel with the NIV, so. Do you there say amen? amen? When they had eaten breakfast, Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said to him, you know that I love you. Feed my lambs, he told him. The second time he asked him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, he said to him, you know that I love you. Shepherd my sheep, he told him. He asked him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Feed my sheep, he said. What kind of love did Peter respond in? Was that, was that a, a brotherly type of love or was that, or was that a godly type love? Um, I read a couple things because I wanted to know the answer myself. I wanted to know just what kind of love Peter was responding as to say, you know that I love you. Of course I love you. Well, there's a couple different kinds of love. Um, one being phileo, which is a brotherly affection or a a deep friendship regardless of gender, and it kind of goes along and parallels with this one called storge. These are Greek terms for love. 
And storage is like a family or tribal love and associated with and alongside of phileo, which is, is that brotherly affection. Um, and then you got agape. Agape love, we know, is perfect love that God has for his people. It's the kind of love that is relentless, that always pursues, that never gives up, that doesn't see a condition somewhere and say, no, forget it, he's not worth it. That kind of love is what God intends for us to show. But he stands in truth in it. He doesn't want us to be happy more than he wants us to be holy. And that's also along the lines, that's, that's what we need to represent. If we have Christ within us, then this love is within us. So we read uh, together the call to worship, Ezekiel 36. I'm going to go ahead and look at that a little bit closer because it's important. Like all scripture is important. I will also sprinkle clean water on you and you will be clean. I will cleanse you from all of your impurities and all of your idols. I will give you a new heart and I will put a new spirit within you. I'm going to remove your heart of stone and give you a brand new heart of flesh. I will place my spirit within you and cause you to follow my statutes and carefully observe my ordinances. Well, as we know, Jesus says in Believe, it's Matthew 22. He gives us two new commands to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind. And the second one that he gave us was like that one. It says, love your neighbor as yourself, which all there is come off of. The, that right there is the law of the prophets. If you love as Jesus loved, and you love your Lord your God with that love, everything else will be taken care of. That's what he intends. That's what he desires. So when he says that we will follow his commands, I have a feeling it kind of represents what Jesus was talking about in the New Testament, that we will follow these commands of loving him first with this love and then letting it flow through us like rivers of living water. <clears throat> so I came across this little thing here, and it's interesting how it works, but Darkness doesn't exist unless there's no light. Does anybody know that? I mean, if there's no light, obviously it's dark, right? So if you were to take an unlit candle into a dark room, is it going to light up? No, no, it ain't going to light up. You have to light that candle for the light to be shown in there. So we were called to be, we were called to be the light of the world. You can't hide it. Jesus doesn't want us to hide this love. He wants us to to shine. He wants us to be Christ to whoever we meet. So we have this love that's in us through the Spirit. When we become one with when we become one with God, we have Christ living in us. We have the Holy Spirit within us. And it says that God is love. And we believe in a triune God. So if the Spirit of God lives within us and the Spirit is God, therefore we also possess God's love. But there happens to be a problem. And, and, and 
it just, it, it happens, and, and I, I don't know why it happens, but it does, I guess because we're human, and I'm so glad we have a perfect father who loves us enough to say, you messed up, but you know, you know what, you're forgiven. You know what, you're still my child. You know what, you're still, I still desire you to do the things that I have called you to do. You know, you look at the prophets, and you look at uh, Moses and, and Joshua and Nehemiah and all these, all these people that God had called to do something. Yes, they messed up. They, they did some wrong things. But God's purpose still lived through them because they were his children. He called them to do these things. So too are we. But the problem exists because even though we possess this unconditional God-like love, that God desires for us to radiate from us, we flow into people like living water. We mask that. We overshadow it. We put rules and restrictions and conditions on, on whether or not we're going to allow God's love to penetrate to other people through us. It depends on whether we're we're feeling hurt or whether we're mad or whether we're frustrated or whatever the condition is that you want to label put on it. These conditions overshadow what God intends for his love to be through us. It seems to be it's more like if my situation changes, then my love's going to change. So I'm going to use an example. This is, this is what I was talking about. I'm going to use you, Megan, as an example. Oh, no, it's all good. <laughs> She's pretty patient. I'm glad God put her in my life. So in the midst of everything going on when I was frustrated at work, when I was bringing it home, like I always say that I'd never bring that stuff home with me. Yeah, it comes home with me. It, it just, it happens. And I don't like it and she don't like it, but it, it happens. And then I bring these frustrations and they get imposed upon her. You know, even though she don't deserve it, I'm sitting here and I'm venting out at her. She's like, D you just need to chill out. What, what's wrong with you? I'm like, well, well, you know, whatever. See, that's wrong. But that's, that's one of these rules or restrictions or conditions that limit what God's love is supposed to be. I love my wife dearly. I'm glad that God put her in my life because she is my helper and there's no doubt about it. She's the one that was meant for me. God chose her to be with me and I'm so glad she did. So there's no need for me to represent another Jesus, if you will, that has conditions because he doesn't exist. So I have to say I'm sorry for acting like this even though I don't mean to and I know you forgive me and I know you still love me and everything's good I, I'm glad I'm so glad that you're forgiving like that now that you're red in the face and embarrassed I'm... <laughs> so I'm done now it's good so see my pride gets stepped on you know she gets mad at me for something because I say something stupid like happens all the time or my toes get stepped on because she wants something done another way than what I think is the best way or something like that or maybe I feel inferior to her because I feel inferior. Have it this way. 
and I don't think it should be that way, so I, I feel inferior. <laughs> Here's the thing. We're, we're called to be servants to each other. In some things, yeah, you have to discuss things or whatever and figure it out, but, but this, this dishonorable, rude love that gets put on because we don't like something somebody else did, that don't make it right. It coincides with fear because I'm afraid of these things. I'm afraid that I'm not going to be the leader that I'm supposed to be because she's telling me how it needs to be done. No, that's not really the leadership that God has called each one of us to be. And this is what I've been talking about. These are some really hard things that were shown to me over the last two weeks. Really hard things because here I am, I'm thinking that I'm, I'm, I'm doing what I need to be doing and, and, and everything's going great and this is the way that it's supposed to be and then boom. Hey man, no, 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 you're not, no, you're not showing my love. No, that two by four hurts sometimes. And, and, and he uses it on me quite a bit because apparently there's a lot of stubbornness left in me that needs to be driven out. And he's going to do it, but sometimes it takes something hard in the back of my head and in, in my heart and everywhere else to say, hey, you need to focus in, on me and how I need you to love because this is the love that you have in me or have in you that needs to be extended. Don't show your love, show my love. There's a, there's a scripture verse that says there's no, there's no fear in love, but perfect love drives out all fear. So this fear that I have of being run over, oh, that's, no, um, fear, this fear I have of losing, of, of, of my pride getting stepped on, sorry, not being run over. Um, this perfect love that God has for me drives out this fear, but somehow or another it still imposes itself on me because I allow it to, which is something that he's working in my life about because his love is here. So therefore, because his love is here, my fear should be wherever else but here. It continues and says, he who fears has not been made perfect in love. So, At work, it's hard. Uh, salvation, I, I mean, I'm not saying because I can't vouch for somebody's uh, salvation. I, I don't know who is and who's not saved as far as they go, but it's hard for me to be at work and see what I see at work, knowing what I know in my heart and desiring what God wants. Because my love is his love, I want to show that love but then this condition comes over that apparently for some odd reason, I try my hardest, even though I don't mean to, to be God and make it happen. Well, see, that's, that's, that goes against what 1 Peter 5, 2, and 3 says, to shepherd God's flock without lording it over them. We can't lord it over them. Because if we lord it over them, we're not, number one, allowing God to do what God does, because we're try, trying to do it. And number two, they see this and they don't want that because that's not, 
that's not love. You know, you, we preach this and show this. It's, it's not going to happen. It, it doesn't happen. What we, what we preach and what we do needs to line up to the same love. It can't be one love over here and one love over here and have the same effect. It's not going to happen. God says in his word what love is, and God does what his word says because there's no evil in God. There's no lie in God. God can't lie. So what he says and what he does lines up, and that's what we are called to do as well. Sanctification is that process. Forgiveness is what he does when we mess up time after time after time after time again. Colossians, he brought me to this verse, and it was very interesting. I just happened to read it this morning. Like I said, he works in his timing, and it can be here, and it can be now. Colossians 3, verses 12 to 14, reads, Having been buried with him in baptism, you were also raised with him. Nope, wrong one. Therefore, God's chosen ones, holy in love, put on heartfelt compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. So pretty much the fruits of the Spirit, because the Spirit lives in you. This is what we're putting on, because we have put on the new and put off the old. The old is no longer. We are the new now because Christ lives in us. Just as the Lord has forgiven you, so you must also forgive. Above all, put on love, which is the of unity. What does God desire within his body other than just love and that kind of, what does God desire? He desires unity. He does not like separation within his body because you can read various different places. I'm not going to get into that, but each part plays a set role in his body. And if they're not all working together in unity, then what is it? You miss them. They're piece missing. So he desires unity. So, as, as Paul liked to teach, he taught love quite a bit, and it didn't matter where he was going, love is what he brought. That's, that's, that's what our calling is. It doesn't matter where you're at, it doesn't matter where you go, the same love needs to be imposed, the same love needs to flow. The song said, live like that, it's our calling. I want to live like that. <clears throat> We all know the 1 Corinthians chapter 13, but there's one section of that that really stands up and it applies very heavily to what I'm, what I'm saying here. It's 1 Corinthians 13, verses 4, in the very first sentence of uh, verse 8. It says, love is patient, love is kind. It doesn't envy, it's not boastful, it's not conceited, it does not act improperly, it's not selfish, it's not provoked, and does not keep a, keep a record of wrongs. Love finds no joy in unrighteousness, but rejoices in truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. And the first part of chapter, uh, verse 8 says, love never ends. That's the love we're called to. So when I was talking about my experience and my example 
with my wife there and me being, oh, what was it here? Um, keeping a record of wrong, not provoking, not selfish, not acting improperly. I, I, I failed to show his love because I have put these restrictions of what he says not to do on the love that I'm supposed to give. It's our, it's our, it's our, our calling as far as, as far as our walk with Christ goes. We look at the example of the Good Samaritan. Everybody knows the story of the Good Samaritan. Two, two, uh, uh, this guy's beaters walk by, pass him on the other side, and just kind of, you know, ignore him. This guy's beaten. This guy's barely living. This guy needs some help bad. And here comes this Samaritan, who Jews don't really associate with in the least bit. This Samaritan comes walking down the road. He sees this guy standing there, laying there, bleeding, half, half alive, half dead. And the guy who doesn't have anything to do with this guy doesn't normally have any association with this kind of people, walks over to him, says, hey, man, you need a hand, bud. And he, and he bandages his wounds, and, and he cleans them up, and he puts them on his own donkey, and he takes them to get help. He takes them to an inn where he can rest and recuperate, and he, and he cares for them. And he had to go where he had to go, so he gives us money. He gives his money to the innkeeper and says, look, take care of him, whatever he needs. Just, just make sure he's good. And whatever extra cost, I'll, I'll pay you. you know, it, it's good. So who's your neighbor? Who's your neighbor? I've got two right beside me where I live. I've got one over here and I've got one over here. And I've got a couple others scattered around. Yes, they're my immediate neighbors as far as, far as where I live goes. But that's not the extent of what neighbors are. See, the Good Samaritan that gave help, even though in normal circumstances they, they didn't have nothing to do with each other, he was a neighbor to this guy. He showed God's love to this guy. Who knows what, what was going on? Uh, excuse me, who knows what was going on, where he had to go, what he had to do, but he took the time out of whatever he had and said, look, this guy is more important. It could be close to you. It could be somebody that your acquaintance is with. It could be somebody you've never met. It could be somebody clear across the world. Your neighbor is whoever. Jesus' neighbor was whoever. If you look and you, 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 you see these stories of Jesus' healings, you see these stories of where Jesus went here and there and everywhere else, and you see where Paul went, and you see where Peter went, and all the disciples and the apostles, and you see where they went. Was there someone there that was not a neighbor to them? And if it, I mean, they, they, there was no, they, they wanted to show God. They wanted to show Jesus' his love to them. There was nobody exempt from them showing the love. That's what we're called to, even our worst enemy. He says to love our enemies and pray for them. 
Now, I have several people that, that I hate to say it, but they're not my closest of friends, and I, I would dare say that they could be an enemy of mine. But my daily thing isn't to go return what they are doing to me back at them. That, that's not my desire because I, I want to see them come to Jesus just the same way, same way that Jesus pursued me in the midst of everything that I was doing. God calls us to do the same because who's going to carry Jesus to them if we don't? If we don't show his love to whoever we come in contact with. You never know who is. But if God calls you, which he does, to carry his gospel, carry his love to all ends of the earth, that means it doesn't stop here. You know, it doesn't stop here. It goes. Wherever it is that he leads you, it goes. Without the conditions that we like to put on it. So if you look at Peter just for a minute, I just want to bring this up because Peter, Peter is one of these guys that I, I can kind of almost see myself in Peter because Peter says, yes, Jesus, I love you. Yes, I want to follow you. But then you see him at the arrest of Jesus denying Jesus three times. Now, I'm not going to say that I have since been becoming a Christian denied Jesus because I'm not going to deny my Lord and Savior. But before, yes, I can honestly say I probably did. But I can see a transformation in Peter from going from where he was, yes, Jesus, I love you, sometimes, to, yes, I love you, I'm going to serve you, I'm going to follow you, I'm going to go where you want me to go, and I'm going to be who you want me to be, no matter the cost. I can see kind of myself in him, but like I said, it's a time process. God works in his timing, not mine. I come. So, folks, I come prepared for this sermon of sorts, but it's the Lord's Word. I'm not going to call it a sermon. We call it the Lord's Word. And what I had written here isn't quite exactly, it's a little bit of, but it's not exactly what the Spirit just said. So, see, here's the thing. I didn't come up here to speak at you. I came up here to preach God's Word to us. Myself is part of this. So I hear everything that you hear. It's still my responsibility to live what I just was a mouthpiece for. Even though I'm up front and for some odd reason I'm a preacher. I've become the mouthpiece because I was called to for this Sunday. Each one of you is a mouthpiece. It doesn't have to be on a Sunday only. It's a Monday, there's a Tuesday, a Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday in a seven-day week. If our lives are supposed to reflect Christ on Sunday, 
then it also needs to happen on a Monday and a Tuesday and a Wednesday and every other day of the week. Because otherwise, which kind of love, the question that I had on here on the very top, what kind of love do we love with? It's a question that we need to completely resound over and over in our hearts and in our minds on a daily basis. Lord, what kind of love do you desire? I know because, Lord, you've told me in your word. You've shown me with, with your visions, with your, with your word in my heart. I am one with you because I am your child. I possess everything that you have because of your spirit. Lord, help me to continually take off the old so that you can continually fill me with the new every day, not just Sunday, not just Wednesday, but every single day, no matter what the circumstances are, no matter what your situation is, Lord, help me to respond as you say in 1 Corinthians 13 that I possess. thing that you say that your love is that I possess. Folks, I love y'all. I love y'all as a brother and a sister, whichever y'all may be, speaking to all of you. And I also love you with God-like love because that's what we are called to. Do I get to talk to you and spend time with you each like I, like I need to? No, because as, as things work out sometimes, obviously that doesn't happen. But we're together. We're all children of the same God. And I love y'all. Shall we pray? Father, I thank you for your message this morning because it speaks so, so much and fervently to our hearts. God, you have given us everything that you possess because we're your children. God, we love you, and we love you with everything. Help us, Lord, to administer your word and your love to no matter who it is. Help us to passionately give it our all. Help us to live like that. For it's in your holy name we give you all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Go in the peace of the Lord.